Welcome to Straight and Curly, a podcast for self-improvement junkies. I'm Kelly Exeter. And I'm Carly Jacobs. This is episode 144. Hello and welcome to Straight and Curly. How are you going today, Kel? Uh, yes, not too bad. Actually, it's nice. We're recording... In the afternoon, well, sorry, no, it's not even the afternoon for me. It's like eleven forty-five. Oh, it's a bit it's the like the old days. It is it recording like, during the day. Yeah, I think the last time we recorded during the day, it was in my cupboard. At, um, yeah, <laughs> it was way, house. way long time ago. It was before before Hattie. Like, it was so, before Hattie. Yeah, BH. <laughs> um, yeah. So no, I'm just uh, just a quick um, heads up to listeners that normally we record at night, and my kids are home, and I put the dogs in the back of the house, away from the study where I record with the kids. But the kids are at school, and the dogs are in the office with me, so. They might make a cameo appearance, hopefully not. <laughs> they only bark if, like, the dog next door does something. So hopefully the dog do- next door does not. But, um, yes, I am good. Uh, my kids have been back at school for nearly two weeks now. Oh, um, so everything lovely. is, like, how good am I is dependent on how is coronavirus going in person yeah. is, is pretty much the barometer. So kids have been back at school for nearly two weeks. Um, we've only had five cases in, like, the last 30 days, which is – which I actually didn't realize until I looked it up because um, we had an eight-day streak that got broken like today. Um, so we were a bit spewing about that. But, um, yeah, only five cases in the last 30. I That's think we're down to nine so active good. cases in the whole state. So we, uh, um, so I'm just very grateful, happy and grateful to be where I live, grateful that dis- and grateful for all of Australia because despite us, all of Australia, not just WA being in, in good shape, um, our government is taking a very, very conservative approach to reopening everything. And yeah. again, hello, government, good job. So feels so nice to be able to say that because, you know, I know other people in the world are not being able to say that, but also yeah. we Australians don't generally think our government's no. doing a good job. <laughs> it's just a really weird experience for Australians yeah. right now. <laughs> also just like the opposing government's working so well together on uh, this, I was I just about to say that. Like we're all like what is what, yeah. what is this Twilight Zone weird thing that we're in where like both sides of government are working together really well in a yeah. really bipartisan way. Like, And, I mean, I know that everyone this? has their own individual upsets and nuances there's a lot of stuff happening with artists in the space who aren't yes. qualifying for JobKeeper. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on with childcare centres because technically childcare is free, but it's kind of coming out of the back pockets of childcare centres. So there's a lot of mm, individual right. nuance and stuff that a lot of people aren't particularly happy about. Um, but I think in general, as a whole, flattening the curve, it's looking like things are going to start to reopen again, which was a lot sooner than I was expecting. I thought that we were going to be in complete lockdown, no contact with anyone until at least July, possibly September. So there's talk. I think just today, I I missed it. Yes, just today, um, yeah. I I didn't actually see it, so I don't really – this is completely off the cuff and only based on a conversation (laughs) that I had in a Facebook group. Um, Do you have any idea what happened today, Kel? Yeah, today they kind of released their roadmap for easing, but it's just like a national roadmap, but then every state will apply that roadmap at different speeds depending on the state's situation. But very, very roughly speaking, 
looking at moving through to kind of reopening everything in about six weeks, July-ish. Yeah. Which seems crazy to me. Like I'm just like, well, it's too soon, too soon. But, but, you know, having said that, like I think we're just so conservative now because we've, We've had so few deaths and I think when you've had so few deaths, every, like every additional death hurts so much more. It does, than, yeah. You know, it, it shouldn't be this way but when there's been 30,000 deaths, like 30,001 doesn't seem as devastating as, you know, yeah. the 99th, you know. So, um, yeah, so I think we're just all in this like I don't want to open everything up until there's like no more deaths, no deaths allowed. Um, so which is probably not realistic, but anyway, yes. Um, yeah. On that note, <laughs> go from death to um, recommendation of the week, Carl. So this one's a little bit odd, but uh, they had this thing this week on SBS. So Ben and I are so weird. Like I always try <laughs> to find something on regular TV before I watch Netflix because I like having the choice taken away from me, and I also enjoy boundaries. So Netflix is just like being at a video store uh, and I just can't decide what I need I know. someone to just narrow it down to five different choices, choose something from those five choices, um, you know, like channels on uh, yeah. what do you call it? Free-to-air TV. So, um, <laughs> what do you call that thing again? Free-to-air. <laughs> just we, We've started already. Um, so SBS this week had a thing called Thriller Week and they were playing a different thriller movie each week and it was the world SBS world movie channel, which is fantastic. So they were all kind of weird thriller movies that you probably haven't seen before. The first one was on Monday night and it was called Match Point and it's got Scarlett Johansson and it's directed by Woody Allen and it we were just kind of planning on watching it and we usually have – we. So movies that we watch while we're doing something else, we call FODs, like fodder. So (laughs) it'll just be like, you know, something you can watch in the background while you're doing other stuff. We were going to FODs for these movies. We were going to do something else. And after the first one, we just committed to watching them properly. So Match Point was fantastic. It was just like, yeah, I was going to do some work in front of it, but then it just sucked me right in. And it's got, um, yeah, it's got Scarlett Johansson and um, Emily Mortimer, uh, no, not Emily Mortimer, someone else. Oh, I'm getting it all wrong. Anyway, it's a fantastic movie and everyone should watch it. If you haven't watched it, please do. It's about maybe 15 years old now, but it was just yeah. thrilling from start to finish. It was just fabulous. So if you can track that down, I assume it would be on SBS On Demand for Australians, for other people. I'm sure it's available somewhere, but it was a really good movie and thrilling. So, you know, lived up to its title. No, not. It's so funny because when I first like was going through the notes and I saw that you were recommending that, I was like, it made me think of this Paul Bettany, Kirsten Dunst movie, um, which is actually called Wimbledon. But in my head, I was like, oh, is is that the movie? Carly, I what? thought the a exact tennis same movie. Thing. Yeah, I thought <laughs> the exact same thing. I have actually seen Wimbledon. I have um, you? <laughs> yeah, but when but when I saw Match Point come up as a thriller, I was like. It's not a thriller. It's that's not a thriller. <laughs> no, I had the exact Feel same good feeling. Sports, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, so it was just weird. I had to actually Google it and go. All oh, right, no, not the same movie. Um, it's actually really good, and it, without spoiling anything. I would really love for anyone who has seen it or watches it from now to tell me how they feel about the protagonist in it because I had some very <laughs> conflicting feelings 
about it that. It sounds character. like you need to debrief that movie. I do. I would like to have a conversation about it. Could someone start that in the group for me, please, when this is <laughs> I know that feeling. Um, actually, I know that feeling because I had it about this recommendation that I'm about to make, which is um, the series Afterlife by Ricky Gervais. Um, have you seen it? I have. It's excellent. Yeah. So, of course, I. I it, it was out last year, but of course, I, I did not go near that one last oh, year. God, no. And um, I don't know what maybe decide. Okay, I'm ready for this this year. I think maybe just the fact that like we have not been able to find something for all three of us to watch, or Jade and myself and me. So in the end, I just gave up and I was like, all right, well, you guys just watch what you want to watch. Um, I'm going to watch something by myself. Um, and I thought I'd have a crack at Afterlife, and I thought, look, I'll give it a go and. I don't have to watch all of it. Um, and, yes, just so many feelings. Um, it was Is it actually, good for you to watch it at this stage, do you think, or do you think you might have jumped the gun? No, it was it was actually kind of pretty solid timing. Um, That's because really good. I've, yeah, because I've just, I've gotten, you know, I'm kind of at the point where, look, I, I don't really feel like talking about my feelings yeah. to other people. I don't want to. And I don't – so it's, it's going to sound a little contradictory because, like, the first two episodes, which are quite full-on and quite Really full-on. I, I felt so seen, which makes it sound like, oh, I haven't felt very seen to this point in time. But it, I don't mean it in that way. I just meant it in a way of, like, here is someone that just really, really gets it, but I don't have to talk to them about it. Yeah. And you know it's what I mean? It's a unique experience that you wouldn't necessarily find a lot of people who have been through what you have been through in the same way. And also if, I mean, this is going to sound really selfish, but if you do find that person, then you kind of have to be reciprocal of each other's uh, yeah, experiences right. and feelings. <laughs> and sometimes you just don't have the energy to take that on. And if you watch it in a passive form like that, you're kind of like, oh, I just get to feel what I want to feel and I don't uh, yeah, have to I talk about it. I can make this all about me. And that, I think you've actually... I haven't. I couldn't quite figure it out, but you've just hit the nail on the head that like I don't really want to talk to anybody else about this because I don't want to either. I have to take on their feelings if they've not experienced it, or take on their feelings and and kind of share the the conversation equally if they have experienced it. Which you know may sound selfish, but it's just where I'm at at the moment. Like it's not selfish at all, Kelly. <laughs> like I, I'm surprised that you know you. I, I just think you're a legend across the board, so oh, feel what you that. need to feel. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so this was like that. It was like me being able to just unashamed be, be heard but without me having to deal with anybody else's feelings except my own. And um, so that was kind of the whole, the whole series is a little bit like that, those first two episodes in particular because those first two episodes echoed where I was last year where – I was just so disappointed that every single morning I woke up and I was still here. Like it was like, why did I not? Why did I not die in my sleep last night? Uh, you know, I can't believe I have. To, I'm still here, and I have to live without you, um, kids. With you know, notwithstanding, and you know, it still kind of shocks me a bit that my kids at that time and my love for my kids at that time was not enough to override that. Like it's only kind of now that I look at myself and go, oh my god, Kelly, like how could you? you know, how could you have felt like that? But it's just, it is what it is. Um, and yeah, seeing him, he portrayed that in those first two episodes so starkly, but also mm. so accurately. Um, 
yeah, it was quite, um, yeah, so that's what I mean by just bit feeling very seen. Um, and just the series, it was, I found it was very lovely. Like I loved all the characters. I felt all the characters were really well cast and um, it, he's, he's just done it really well. There's little bits of it where sometimes, and I don't want to give away any spoilers, but where sometimes I feel like there's this one person who I'm like, can you ask her how she's going? <laughs> you know, it's all about you, dude. Um, you know, um, you just take, take, take. But um, yeah, it. I just thought he's done it really well, and I do highly recommend it for really anybody. It will, and people have, you know, I've gone and now seen what people have written about it because I didn't want to read anything that anyone had said until I'd seen the whole both series. Um, but yeah, what people say is it will make you laugh and cry like within you know three minutes. Um, laugh so hard, cry so hard, and it, it's accurate of, of kind of what it does. It's it's very well done. Yeah, I haven't watched the second series. I watched the first series, which I really enjoyed. I have been a massive fan of Ricky Gervais for a very long time. So Ben and I basically only talk in office quotes like ninety percent of the time. <laughs> I've not even seen the office yet. I need to. Oh I need to my see god, it. it's outstanding. Um, I was just about to say you could theoretically watch it with your kids, but they'd probably find it super boring. Yeah, right. Because it's, it's very, it's very nuanced. subtle. Yeah, very nuanced. Yeah. Um, and that's what I just feel like every, all my experiences of, of Ricky Gervais has been like that. Like it's just very highly nuanced stuff. Yeah, I um, think he's done and, quite well with Afterlife. I think he's been very responsible with it. And I know yes. that it's actually been very helpful to a lot of people. Um, I'm going to throw something out there that I'm sure I'm going to get slammed for. I did not like Derek. <laughs> Oh, I haven't, I haven't seen it. So yeah, it's, it, I was very disappointed in Derek. I thought that, um, his portrayal of Derek was, uh, caricaturish. And I think that the series was a bit twee and a lot of people were just raving about Derek and how fantastic it was. I found it problematic on so many levels. Um, yeah, that's right. a conversation for another day. But for me personally, Afterlife really redeemed Ricky Gervais for me because I was quite disappointed in him after Derek and I know uh, I'm alone I know not a lot of people feel that way and a lot of people thought Derek was fantastic but I was like thanks Ricky you came back in <laughs> you did good yeah, yeah. let's see there's there are t- like tiny little things that I found prob- prob- problematic with afterlife but I think that that's just me applying expecting him to just nail it and be perfect um for instance, I did not understand the psychiatrist. Again, not giving anything away there. If you see it, you you'll understand. <laughs> I just didn't quite understand the role of why he was portrayed like that. But anyway, well, and I haven't been able to find anybody else to talk about it other than to think say they thought he was awesome. So, still looking for talking about people come and talk to me about the psychiatrist <laughs> in in the group and <laughs> just talk to me because I haven't been able to find anything else out there that has felt the way that I have. Um, okay, um, before this becomes a two-hour episode, Carly, your random thing of the week. So my random thing of the week is quite topical, but last week in the group somebody posted a meme that stated Me. it was you. Oh, it was it you? I didn't even notice yes. when I looked it up. I just like Googled and searched for it in the group. Uh, so Kelly posted a meme in the group that stated that the correct order of cutlery in your cutlery drawer should be knife fork, spoon, and then all hell broke loose when I admitted that I mixed it up because we have this tiny set of cutlery. Just, it blew Kelly's mind. I don't think I'm just she's- like, you what? <laughs> like, you just mix it up? What? But I the- don't even kind of process But this. also for two reasons. Ours is <laughs> vertical, as vertical as you can get. 
in a drawer. So it doesn't go side to side. It goes top to bottom. Yeah, so it's right. really thin. Uh, and we have a tiny set of cutlery. So it's empty every time I unload the dishwasher. So I just kind of go for it, like whatever's happening. <laughs> this week I discovered that our very fancy and minimalist cutlery divider has a tiny little picture in the corner of each <laughs> section that dictates what should go in each section. So not only have I been going rogue, I've been putting knives in the section that has a little picture of a spoon. And <laughs> now I need therapy and I know Kelly needs therapy. So that was my random thing of the week. And now I'm just obsessed with our cutlery drawer way more than I should be. <laughs> I just was like, okay, so just so everyone knows, like it can go knife, fork, spoon or spoon, fork, knife. But you people that put no, uh, go knife, spoon, fork, so you put the spoons in the middle? I so don't is it understand about you what's anyway. in the middle? What's that? Is it about what's in the middle that's the problem? Pretty much, yeah. I don't – because, I mean, I just think you could go eat – like everyone was like, oh, but it's the order that you put it in when you lay down the table. And I'm like, oh, th- that's all fine. But I'm just – like I think it was the spoons in the middle thing that I was like, oh, I don't get it that – makes no sense to me and I just feel that if you're in the straight and curly group and you think that spoons can go in the middle, you need to rethink your life choices. <laughs> and oh it just God. is, yes, of all the hills I'm going to die on, this is the one. Yeah, it's just like you'd think that this would be a hill I would die on, but I just, I <laughs> just, don't care. It's just not something that even really is on my radar, although it is now that I've discovered the little pictures and now I just kind of feel sick now thinking about putting. Now you can't unsee. No. You can't unsee it. <laughs> no, but at least now, well, I, I don't even know what order they're in. The spoons may be in the middle. I will I will check that out for you. Um, so moving If on. your cutlery drawer dictates that, you must burn your house down and get out immediately. Okay. <laughs> I'll pass that on to Joseph Joseph, the makers of the fancy little cutlery thing that we have. Um, so the topic of the week is sustainable fashion. Uh, yes, and yes, I will put my hand up here. And like I told my um, some of my besties that I was recording podcasts this week, and that, and they said, oh, "What's the topic?" And I said, um, "Sustainable fashion." <laughs> and they just both, like all of them, sorry, the three of them just fell on the ground laughing. That was like, and I said, "Look, this is Carly's domain, and she has promised to take the reins on this show." And I put my hand up and go. This is not my I don't it's fashion. I don't know anything about fashion. I'm sitting here in my Fremantle Dockers jacket at the moment. So and my and my leggings. Well, I'm wearing a designer linen jumpsuit with my fancy clogs and my headscarf. So let me let me take over here. Um, so I'm definitely not an expert in sustainable fashion, but it's something I'm getting increasingly interested in and I'm slowly moving towards hopefully a fully sustainable wardrobe one day. Just before we get started, Kel, what do you know about <laughs> sustainable fashion and or what do you think it is? Okay. Just for fun. So, pop quiz because I have not researched this. Um, um, look, I'm obviously very little because it has the word fashion in it, much less, <laughs> but I'm going to go work with the sustainable part of the equation and I'm going to assume that it's kind of the opposite of throwaway fashion where clothes are like cheap and designed to last one season and you chuck them or give them away or use them as oil cloths or something um and i'm also going to assume it's kind of socially responsible fashion that doesn't exploit sweatshops and the like yes that's exactly (laughs) what it is uh so there's i've got a quote from um makeitlast.se so i've i've actually already taken all of this all of these links and things and put them in a blog post on Smaggle that I will publish on the day that this is released. So Kelly doesn't have to to go crazy with the notes or anything. It will all be in this blog post. Um, So this 
a quote sums it up very nicely. More sustainable fashion can be defined as clothing, shoes, and accessories that are manufactured, marketed, and used in the most sustainable manner possible, taking into account both environmental and socioeconomic aspects. In practice, this implies continuous work to improve all stages of the product's life cycle from design, raw material production, manufacturing, transport, storage, marketing and final sale to use, reuse, repair, remake and recycling of the product and its components. So that sounds very complicated and there are so (laughs) many different levels of sustainable fashion. It's really very confusing. So sustainable doesn't just mean environmentally sound. It also means to protect um, the environment and socioeconomic impacts of the clothing that you wear. Basically trying to have a sustainable wardrobe means educating yourself on the supply chain of your clothing, what it's made from, who's making it, if they're being treated fairly, how long you'll wear the item for, and if it's made well enough to last you for a decent period of time. So yeah, that's basically a rundown of sustainable fashion. I'll jump, please feel free to interject and ask any questions, Kelly, along the way, if there's anything that you want to know about. I shall. I will interject if I need anything but yes I'm learning a lot here so please continue Carly. Uh, So these are my tips these are just stuff that I've kind of picked up over the last couple of years and doing my own research and things there are people who are way more informed about this but also the people who are way more informed about this also for lack of a better term care more about it so there are some people that that are really really into sustainable fashion and believe that nothing but purely sustainable clothing is the way to go. That's not what this episode is about. I'm I'm not dogmatic about anything, um, you know, except for, you know, <laughs> a few things that I've mentioned, but I'm, I'm not dogmatic <laughs> about like most things. So I think it's best to approach this gently, softly, do what you can do. This doesn't mean that you can't ever buy a t-shirt from Kmart ever again. These are just some starting points for anyone who is interested in going in this direction. And I, you know, I promise I'm not going to get angry at you if you buy a (laughs) pair of undies from Big W. Uh, So here are my tips. Number one is to follow awesome people. So here are a list of blogs that you need to follow or people that you need to follow. The first one isn't a blog. Uh, Peppermint Magazine, it's um, a magazine, obviously, not a blog, but it is excellent. Most libraries have an amazing back catalogue of this magazine. They also have beautiful, simple sewing patterns each month if you want to make your own clothes, which is a very sustainable way of creating a wardrobe. Uh, This suggestion came from Julia Watts. Daria from wonderwardrobe.com. She's got a fantastic course and does these beautiful seasonal capsule wardrobes. I absolutely love capsule wardrobes. For those of you who and don't I, know what they I, are. And I love the concept of oh. capsule wardrobes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't do them. <laughs> I don't, but I like the idea of them very much. So m- my <laughs> issue with capsule wardrobes is that particularly for me, because my weight fluctuates, I'm not able to kind of pick a pair of jeans and assume I'm going to be able to wear them every single day for a month. Yeah. Like I can wear them one day and then three days later they'll feel a bit tight and then they'll feel better again. And I just, yeah, I don't know. I kind of just, I've got this thing about capsule wardrobes just not being particularly inclusive. But anyway, that's that's my own little beef with capsule wardrobes. Um, I love them. I love looking at them. I follow uh, Project 333 on Instagram, beautiful capture wardrobes. They don't really work for me, but um, I love looking at them. 
Uh, fashionrevolution.org <laughs> is an Australian information site about sustainable practices. It's super hard to come by Australian-based information. So this website is a must. Uh, they also have the hashtag who made my clothes and they ask mm. people to ask that question before they purchase new items. I think it's a wonderful question. It's a really good top line thing to think before you buy anything. So yeah. if you take anything away from this episode, who made my clothes before you buy anything and have and try to research and find out who made them, where they came from, if they're being treated well. Yeah. Uh, the Clothing Exchange on Facebook, they're an Australia-wide uh, practice. I don't know what you call them, like I don't know, a bunch of people. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but they do events where you can run clothing swaps, so they're kind of like the overarching umbrella title of it and you can run the Clothing Exchange events in areas close to you, but under their umbrella. Uh, also walksogood.com is just a really cool website where these two women walked, uh, 3,500 Ks across Asia film. Wow. Yeah. They were filming and sharing positive fashion stories. So, I mean, it's just fascinating. I looked at a few of their videos and just looking at the different ways that, um, you, you can be sustainable, uh, in clothing that comes from Asia and those areas that typically have a bad reputation for sweatshops. Um, yeah, th- that's right. actually one thing I do want to address and it's kind of awkward, but, there's a lot of uh, negativity around certain countries where clothing is manufactured and they get sort of blanket decided as it's a as a bad place to buy clothes from. Just yeah. always look at the source. Um, and, look, I'll, I'll come right out and say it. People will go, ew, made in China, or they'll go, ooh, made in Italy. Yeah. It's <laughs> like that's racist, really. The, yeah. what, what you need to do is look at where your clothing actually came from and the supply chain of that actual country. Um, yeah, it just, it just really irritates me when people say that. And also I know that there's a, a history of, you know, 30 years ago, not particularly high quality stuff coming out of China. Their manufacturing has gone leaps and bounds since then. iPhones are made in China. So, yeah, I just think that's a really important thing for people to consider and to um, try not to fetishize countries where things are made. So for instance, people be like, oh, it's made in Sweden. Oh, it's made in Japan or, oh, you know, it's made in, you know, France or whatever. Just, just look at how that particular garment was made and the supply chain from that particular country. And please do not write off a garment because it was made in a country that you don't necessarily think good stuff comes out of. Um, unless of course, one of your top priorities, and this will come up, if one of your top priorities in fashion is to buy local, therefore Australian made is what you're after, not ill made in this country or ill made in that country. So that yeah, was just a little, a little bit of a beef that I have with that. Um, so here are some Instagrammers that are worth your time. Uh, these will all be written in the blog post. Um, Shani Dutes, she is American and she's not quite plus size, which is awesome because a lot of the sustainable fashion community seem to be on the smaller side, which isn't very helpful or inspirational to larger women. Uh, at, uh, I don't know how to say this one, but it's AJA Barber. So I don't know if she's AJA Barber or Aja Barber. I'm not quite sure. Yeah. She's similar to Shani Dutes. Um, yeah, so she's, she's fantastic. Uh, Unmaterial Girl, and I think she's Brisbane based. She's Australian and she's committed to a sustainable wardrobe. So she does a lot of thrifting content as well, which is great. Um, Girl Gone Retro is a retro clothing store. 
Faye Delante is a thrift Instagrammer and she's fabulous. She does really beautiful outfit shots of all the stuff that she's thrifted. Uh, Marielle Elizabeth is fantastic. So she's a sustainable fashion blogger, but not for standard sizes. So she has a hashtag, um, hashtag slow fashion for all, which you can use when you find inclusive, sustainable clothing. She's mm-hmm. been, she's based in Canada, um, which I really like because I live in a very cold climate. So she's fantastic for fashion and style for colder climates, you know, when you're not a size six. Uh, the last yeah. one is slow fashion season, which I am fascinated by. So this was recommended by Danny Kent on Instagram. And slow fashion season promotes a season from June to September where you purchase only slow fashion. Uh, and it's just, it's such a fantastic place to start. So it's a set time frame, a really good place to cut your teeth on it. I didn't even know it existed and I'm signing up for it this year because it's something that I've wanted to do for a while, really focus on only buying sustainable fashion or slow fashion or buy nothing at all for a couple of months and see how I go. So if anyone wants to join up to that, I highly recommend it. That's at slow fashion season. Uh, and styling you has a fantastic blog post that outlines some fantastic Australian brands if buying local is your thing. Uh, Styling You also has uh, her own brand of clothing, um, Styling You the label and everything except the jeans are made in Australia there. So if buying local is your bag. So those are just some cool people to follow. Uh, number two is to download the good on you app. So this app is endorsed by Emma Watson, uh, and it's fantastic. You just look up your favorite Mm. places to shop. So the two places I shop at the most are Suzanne and country road. Suzanne's not great. Country road is great. Um, and so that means that you're able to look at the places that you buy your clothes and you can choose where to put your money. It's also fantastic because you might assume that Country Road is a mainstream store and, you know, they don't use ethical practices, uh, but they're doing really well and they've committed to, you know, improving their practices and um, they're doing really well across the board. So it's 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 such a great app because, you know, yeah. you, you don't just kind of throw all of those kind of brands together in the same basket. You can actually look at what they are doing and which ones are trying and it's really good because um it'll show brands there's a difference between brands who aren't displaying good sustainable practices and ones who don't disclose yeah right so that that app will tell you the difference and the ones that don't disclose it's a bit awkward yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, number three is to choose your battles. You need to decide what's important to you. So there are a few questions you need to ask when buying clothes. What is the environmental impact of this item? What's the socioeconomic impact of this item? Was everyone in the supply chain paid and treated well in the making of this item? Were any animals harmed in the production of this item? And what's going to happen to this item when I no longer want, need, or can wear it? So it's really hard to get an item that covers all of those bases. So you need to pick what's the most important thing to you. So for example, some vegan products aren't amazing for the environment because they need to have the use of synthetics. But conversely, a lot of sustainable fabrics like cotton that break down can be unsustainable if they're produced poorly. It's it's just so complicated and there's so many different layers. Um, and that's why if you try to do all of it, you, you're going to go a little bit mental. Exactly. I Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's important to choose what is 
the most important thing to you. So for me, my two top priorities are environmental impact and socioeconomic impact. So I obviously care about animals, but I wear leather and I believe in sustainable and cruelty-free practices of using animal products and animal byproducts in clothing production. So that's where I stand with that. You can choose your two top priorities and aim for those. Um, If you are a vegan, obviously you'll be wanting to look towards completely animal-free, cruelty-free products, and then you might have to, you know, scrimp on something else. So, for instance, if, if you know, cruelty to animals is your top priority, you might not be able to shop local. You might have to yeah. get things from overseas and that will have a higher impact on the planet. So, it's all about yeah. choosing the things that are the most important to you. Um, and, and honestly, I don't think you can go wrong. I think you just need to choose something and just try to make – more ethical choices, not the most ethical choice at all yeah, stages. Yeah, I think just the fact that if, if I just think the fact if people are thinking about this at all, yeah, oh, that's, absolutely, that's a huge, huge step. You know, if you know if they're thinking about like you know, so I know nothing about this topic, but I will try to buy clothes that will last more than one season. I I, I aim to buy clothes that are a higher level of quality. You know, so I don't want a t-shirt that's only going to last one summer, and then and then it's going to be so out of shape or have holes in it. So I'm going to have to throw it out. I try to pay more to have a, a t-shirt that will last, you know, three seasons, four seasons, um, and just that by itself is better than me going, ah, I don't care, whatever. Absolutely, like, yeah, it's a perfect place you know, to start. That's the yeah, yeah. If you even just pay more for your clothing because you want it to last longer absolutely perfect place to start and also again i recommended country road earlier and they're doing really great things their their quality is really high as well i have country road dresses that i've had for 10 years that still look identical to the day i bought them so you know this is i'm not sponsored by country road in any way shape or form they're just doing good things and their stuff lasts really well so beginner level shop more at country road uh number four is don't beat yourself up you don't have to have a fully sustainable wardrobe and if you can if you do find an amazing cheap top that you absolutely love and you're sure you'll wear it until it falls apart it's totally fine to buy it my personal rules are whatever i buy must be made from mostly natural fibers it needs to be cotton linen wool and it needs to be somewhere above 80 percent of that natural fiber just synthetics on my skin just Oh, as I'm getting older, I can't, I just can't deal with it. I need, I need to have natural fibers on my skin or I'm just like, I feel like I'm wrapped in plastic. Mm. Uh, and I have to absolutely love the item and not be able to live without it. And that's it. Those are my two rules. So this means in the past month, I've bought a fully sustainable jumpsuit from a boutique and another one from Kmart. They're both excellent and I've worn both of them heaps. I do try to avoid buying fast fashion uh, and the Kmart jumpsuit did require a few alterations, but it's 100% cotton and I've worn it a lot. So I think that's actually a really good purchase because, you know, if you if you buy it and you wear it and you get a lot of wear out of it and, you know, I, I will be wearing it next summer as well because it's a little bit too light for winter. But, yeah, it's all about just using what you buy and not buying anything that you just grab off the shelf and then never wear because that's, that's a huge yeah. problem. That's it. It's a bit, I, I have to admit I used to be one for – Grabbing something off the shelf. I hate trying on clothes. I just can't stand it. It takes like, it's <laughs> that such an effort. Surprise me. <laughs> I just so I would quite often buy something and go, "Oh, look, it's only twenty dollars. So if it doesn't fit, then you know what does it matter? I've only lost twenty dollars, and I've since like changed my thinking on that. Of that's 
not that's just an inappropriate way to shop like if you don't have time to try it on or you don't have the willingness to try it on you don't want it enough um to buy it basically and that's it and 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 then if I do try it on and if there's any kind of like "Mm, yeah I don't know does it look bad because my hair's not done today or like if I don't love it I don't buy it because otherwise you'll get it home and go yeah I didn't like it in the shop and I still don't like it and I'm an idiot (laughs) exactly there was um remember the war on waste tv show Yes. It was, it was oh, maybe two years ago now that it was out, but they did a whole segment on um, teenagers and buying $10 tops and, you yeah. know, that kind of stuff. And these girls just had these wardrobes that were packed full of tops they'd never even wore. They must have had 50 $10 tops each. Mm. And that's the type of thing that we're trying to avoid. It's yeah. not sh- shopping at... Kmart is not the problem. It's buying 50 pieces of clothing from Kmart because it's cheap and not wearing it that's the problem. If you're going to wear it and love it and wear it until it's not wearable anymore, then that's perfectly fine. Uh, my number five tip is to start by replacing what you have. Just take it slow. You don't need to become an overnight, fully sustainable wardrobe person. Just do what you can. Everyone loves strict rules Hmm. and things being binary, but it's totally okay to wear $600 handcrafted shoes with a cheap t-shirt you bought years ago at a $2 shop. Just try to make sensible choices where you can and only buy things if you really, really, really need them. Um, Yeah, I hope that that was, you know, an okay overarching uh, summary of beginner sustainable fashion. And I know that there are fashion, sustainable fashion enthusiasts out there who are going to be, you know, rolling their eyes at me saying it's okay to shop at Kmart. Um, but I, I just think this is just a, a starting off point. And believe me, like I'm, I'm working towards stopping shopping at stores like that, but sometimes it's just not practical. And also I live in the country, like Kmart's all I have. If I, yeah, if I, I was going to say, yeah, you, you just about have to, you would have to get in your car and drive a really, really long way to, to, and then you, it, then there's an environmental impact to that. So it's just. But so, I get in my car says, so not- and drive a long way and I'm at Kmart. Like, that's where I live. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so you it's, have to drive not- even further to get no, to a like, better. Like, my nearest Kmart's 45 minutes away. Oh, so, God. <laughs> you know. And, and if I need underwear, like, I'm just going to do that. So I think making the, the best choices that we can under the circumstances that we can is the best way to, to move forward. I agree totally. And thank you very much for that summary. That was, uh, yes, I learned a lot and uh, it's given me a lot to think about. So thank you, Kyle. You are welcome. No, on to, um, so that's it for the topic of the day today. And on to next segment, which is kicked our ass. What has kicked your ass, Kyle? Oh, Kelly, this last week of parenting. So we've been doing really well, but Harriet is a bit sick at the moment and she's just started being fussy with food and resisting bedtime. So it's just adding a lot of stress to an already stressful time. And she's just, I was saying this to to Kelly before (laughs) we started recording, just in the last couple of days out of nowhere, She's just replaced all of her words that she's started saying <laughs> with just a shriek. So, yeah, it's instead just- of bottle, she'll go, she'll go, um, bubble is what she calls bottle. She'll go bubble. And then I hand her her bottle and everything is lovely. In the last two days, instead of saying bubble, she goes and points at it. And I'm just like, oh God. And then instead of saying, you know, door, because she wants to go outside, she goes, and I'm just like, I, I, I don't, I need it to that stop. That sound just wears you down. It just 
it wears you down so much um, and just puts you so on edge. It's so hard. It's, yeah, it is just a phase, but, and you know, it's just a phase, it's, just it's a, a phase. phase that you don't know when it's going to end. So, <laughs> so that's where I am with parenting this week. And, you know, she's, she's a star and she's such a fun kid, but I can really do without the shrieking. <laughs> Oh, well, what? I am in solidarity with you because my kicked our ass. I swear we're on the same cycle. We do not pre-plan these things. Is my kids are kicking my ass a little bit? Oh God! Um, so like even even before Aunt dies, so like pretty much his whole life, Jaden has been like a third parent to Mia. So he was kind of nearly four when she was born, and he's he's that personality who's a warrior and mm. uh, like you know a little. Um, aunt's parents called him um, Ploddy the Policeman when he was younger because he was <laughs> <laughs> Jaden is also a Ploddy of the Ploddy the Policeman, um, and so he's always on Mia's case. He's telling her off. Like if I go Mia, Mia, and she hasn't heard me, Jaden will go Mia, and I'm like, dude, I, I will follow up. Just I'm just giving her a chance here. Um, so, yeah, after us all being home together for like over six weeks, it, this plotty the policeman stuff just ramped <laughs> up to all new levels. God. And the, and the problem with Mia is that she doesn't help the case because she either ignores him or, or she kind of just continues to do stuff anyway. Like, so it just. It's like purposely it, it just, trying to piss him off. It's just she's not purposely trying to do it, it's just who she is. And um, so there's nothing malicious about it. She just kind of just doesn't listen to him because he's not her parent. Yeah, he look, I'm kind, listen of on, to him because, kind of on Mia's side with that. I'd be like, you're not the boss of me. Oh, uh, 100%. I'm on Mia's side with it. But it just, but but sometimes I look at her and go, well, he kind of told you to stop kicking the chair because it was annoying. And you should have just stopped kicking the chair. <laughs> Why do I have to come out of the study <laughs> to tell you to stop kicking the chair? Um, so, yeah, it's been a bit like that anyway so I just you know I lost at both of them last week because Jaden for like always being her dad Mia for giving him stuff to get on her case about and I just had this huge tantrum and then I had to send myself off to my room um afterwards um but I did feel a lot better for it so anyway that that, (laughs) that's what kicked my ass last week parenting (laughs) this week for real man (laughs) So, so good so good. Um, so kicked ass this week. Uh, we Look, we're coping. We're not thriving, but we're getting through each day. Uh, last week was pretty bleak. This week is looking much better. And this is kind of another recommendation of the week, but I discovered someone on Instagram. I want to say her name is Jodie. That's probably wrong. Anyway, <laughs> someone on Instagram very lovingly told me that her local F45 in Bondi was live streaming their classes during lockdown. And I was like, oh my God, that sounds amazing. So I went to join the Bondi one. And then I found out that my old studio Coburg is live streaming their F45 lessons as well. And so I contacted, oh no, see, this is why I thought her name was Jodie because the the woman who, the trainer at my gym is Jodie. So I contacted Jodie from Coburg and I was like, so the other studios are doing this. Are you doing this? And she was like, yeah, we are like, welcome home. So she added me to this group and I'm like paying, I think it's like 30 bucks a week or something. And they zoom the classes. And I did one today and one yesterday. And I feel like a different person. Oh, that's so awesome. It was so good because I've been struggling with doing anything outside of a walk and I've been going nuts. Like I, I need to do proper 
proper training. I can't cope yeah, without it. Yeah, just hard at it kind of like where – but also it's very hard to get yourself to do that. Like it's you, it's really so, so much easier hard. if somebody else tells you what to do. Yeah, and the way that they do it, they can see you so – you're on camera ah. and if you slack off, they go, Carly, put your bum down further or Carly, your squats aren't deep enough or, you know, when I went to go fill up my water bottle, Carly, where did you go? <laughs> where are you going? <laughs> so, and also like you show up for the class and if I do a 45-minute workout at home, I am definitely stopping after 20 minutes. <laughs> I am done. But with this, you're just like, well, I'm already here. They can see me. I have to finish the class. Also, I'm paying for the privilege of doing this. So I'm going exactly. to do it. And then, and then other people are working out. You can see other people working out in their houses and you get to see all of their dogs trying to join in. It's great. So if you have a local F45, I think that they can only do it until like until the gyms open up again. But if you have a local F45, join, support them. It's awesome. Oh, that's so cool. That's awesome. Um, so that's your, oh, that's a kick, that's a good kicked ass. Um, my kicked ass was that, um, last week was an end of month week. And all my big writing deadline weeks at the moment are end of month oh, weeks. Lovely. And um, I hit my deadlines and I hit them well and the clients are really happy. So I felt very proud of myself and I'm having just a little bit of mental downtime this week before I ramp up again for the next deadline. So, oh, yes, that's amazing. That's my, that's my kicked ass. Yes. Fantastic. Well, it's just about time to wrap up this episode. Don't forget we have a Patreon page which keeps straight and curly in your ears and covers our production costs. If you love listening to the show and you just want to support it, visit patreon.com forward slash straight and curly. You can also follow us on Instagram at Smaggle and at Kelly Exeter. Uh, don't forget to leave us a review. We may have hit 200. I haven't actually checked. But I haven't checked either. I can't believe it. <laughs> but we're we'll very close. Last time I checked, we were at 198. So I would absolutely love to get to 200 if you have some time to leave us a review. Yeah. And finally, do jump into the Facebook group and share your thoughts about this week's show. We'd love to know if, yeah, if you practice sustainable fashion, what the things are that you most focus on out of all the things. Um, also, come talk to me about Afterlife. So we look forward to chatting more with you guys in there. Thank you so much for listening to Straight and Curly. This week's show notes and links will be available at straightandcurly.com. And if you have any questions or weird self-improvement hacks you want us to trial, you can tweet us at Kelly Exeter or at Smaggle, or you can email us at hello at straightandcurly.com. Bye.